Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. So we're going to be breaking down the four pillars of health. And, you know, we could pick a lot of different topics, but I really like the idea of these being the four pillars because this is what we're really going to build the rest of everything we talk about off of, whether it's looking at especially uh, the 28 day challenge in the ebook that I wrote really builds off of these. Um, All my coaching philosophy, especially looking at the pro coach program, even the podcast, we put out the content, Um, whether you're a corporate professional, a fighter, an athlete, someone at the most extreme top 1% optimal performer, or you're really just someone that's getting started and that wants to progressively build towards your goals. These are the four pillars that you need to have. And you will notice everyone has that is successful, Um, not just in health and fitness, in my opinion, but really even the um, top 1% of entrepreneurs or just performers in general, they're going to have these four things. And let's first kind of like overlay what those four things are. And I'll dive into a little bit of detail on each, um, but not really too much specifics on each one. So um, I have different podcasts that'll cover each individual topic. You guys can go back into that. But first one is nutrition. Second is going to be exercise. Third is going to be sleep. And then fourth is going to be stress. Um, And I can't really say that one pillar is more important than the other. I really think that calling them pillars is important because they all have to be there together in order to do their job and hold up the structure. Um, And the structure really being just your overall health and really overall performance, whether it is talking about physical performance, whether it's talking about, you know, performance in the corporate world, academic performance, or any variation of that, or even just being, you know, a healthy person, not just physically, but socially, mentally, and all the variations in between. Um, So the first one, nutrition. And I think the biggest thing, and this will be a recurring theme, um, is that not that there's one set way to do it, meaning you don't have to do keto, you don't have to do Um, low fat. You don't have to do Mediterranean or gluten-free or plant-based or carnivore. And I think there's arguments to be made for each one. There's pros and cons. Um, And we've talked about different variations of that in past episodes, and we'll talk about them in future episodes as well. But really starting to understand that what you put into your body nutritionally is going to have an impact. And obviously, everyone's different, whether it's our epigenetics, the expression of our genes, um, whether it's you know, um, just the environment that we're in and then the example it sets for those around us and then those around us, how it impacts the decisions that we make. Being able to know the food that you put into your body, have a connection to it, not just in the sense of like, um, ooh, I like this because, 
you know, this food's making this impact in the world, which is good. Sure, environmental impacts. And I think there's an argument to be made for that for the vegan and vegetarian world um, or plant-based diets, if you have you. That's kind of like been a bigger term now. Um, but the idea of what's good for your body, but also what's sustainable and what's realistic. For example, I'll go back to this and I always talk to clients about this. So if you guys are listening, you've heard me say this. Um, the idea of I love peanut butter cups, whether it's Reese's peanut butter cups, um, the brand Justin's peanut butter cups, Trader Joe's has a really actually good dark chocolate peanut butter cup that I've been getting pretty recently. And it's like little adjustments like that. Um, they have just slightly better ingredients, a little bit less processed. Again, it's still candy. It's still sugar. Like there's still going to be sugar. There's still going to be fat. I'm not sitting here saying to you guys that that's not an exception, um, but it's something I work in because I know I like it. So if someone were to tell me, you know, and I have my own coaches and I have my own team, you know, that tell me how like my meal plans and my training schedule and all that fun stuff, they're going to tell me, Mike, you're never going to have these again. That's not sustainable. I might be able to do it for a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months, especially if I'm in fight camp when I was actively fighting. Um, that was the one thing I noticed that I was able to go through camps and be super disciplined for eight to 12 weeks. But then out of camp, I noticed that the discipline would dissipate and I would have to have that rebound effect and that the decision fatigue and just really my overall discipline was um, challenged. And if you don't let it recoup and rebuild and work off of it, you're going to see those ups and downs. And, and and this is something we've even talked about, especially in the past with Dr. Tony Ricci, of when you nutritionally cut weight and deprive yourself, hormonally you're having a drastic impact. And over time, that weight fluctuation, that yo-yo dieting, progressively impacts your hormones and the rest of your body to where your weight progressively goes up and you retain weight more than you would in the past, partially because of age and other variables, but also partially because of what you've done to your body. So that's why I think with nutrition is finding something that's sustainable. Okay. And it's going to take time. It's not going to be perfect. And it's not always going to be perfect no matter where you are. And also keeping in mind, um, there are genetic limitations that you're going to look at and potentially work around. And the, the cool thing with technology is that there's ways to work around those genetic limitations now to a certain extent um, and being mindful of that, but knowing that, you know, my genetics are going to set me up for a certain type of success versus, you know, the next person's. Um, so keeping that in mind is important. And that's kind of the first pillar is the nutrition. Put into your body um, what feels good and be aware of that, but also be realistic and know that, hey, is this sustainable or not? And then the second pillar is exercise. And to that kind of similar theme of you know exercise being sustainable, don't try and do um, six days a week for two weeks and then all of a sudden not be able to move and then it's not sustainable. So I'll give you guys another example. Again, I was trying to get into jujitsu before I started working from home more. I was working at the office. I was working for a hospital system here with Mission Health. Um, and I was working at an outpatient facility. And it was basically like teaching classes, being in person. It was a kind of high stress environment um, and high commitment from a time perspective because of my schedule with them and everything else I was doing in my life. I wasn't able to train the way I wanted to, especially in jiu-jitsu. Because I'm retired from um, striking sports, I don't want to really deal with the brain trauma and I just don't think it's worth it in that sense. And I've kind of done exactly what I wanted to do in that world, professionally and amateur. Um, I wanted to now shift my focus because I put jiu-jitsu on the back burner because of that focus on Muay Thai. Now I really want to dive back into the grappling world and get my black belt. You know, um, I've been a blue belt since 2007. 
And um, it's because of I've had to focus on MMA and all these other things and then transitioning to Muay Thai. Now I have the time to dedicate myself saying, hey, I want to get my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. This is what I'm focusing on. Um, and part of that, you know, because I was working at an outpatient program, my schedule didn't really allow for me to train in the morning. And then in the evenings, it was kind of like hit or miss, you know, uh, because of just home life with having a kid and my wife and work and coaching and private training with clients, creating content, um, working with virtual clients, all these other commitments, academic commitments, you know, still going to school for my master's and trying to actually have somewhat of a social life. And then also just trying to rest and get recovery in there as well. I wasn't able to really even consistently get twice a week of jujitsu in. Um, when my goal was to really get three to four times in a week, especially if I want to compete realistically, like five, six days a week in the long term, um, as in my past. But that wasn't happening. And that's because I wasn't being realistic with what was going on in my schedule. So the point of me saying all that is now I've come to a point where I've made some life adjustments. You know, I'm working from home now. I virtually have the free or have the freedom to virtually work on my computer. So I can say, hey, I'm gonna bring my laptop to the gym. I'm gonna take an hour and train jujitsu in the morning, and then I'm gonna work for three, four hours. Um, straight, get on my computer, do what I got to do, then take another break, train a client. I have the ability to do that. And I've made decisions in my life to do that, to set myself up for success because this was important to me. And I'm not saying everyone's going to be able to necessarily do that overnight because I'm fortunate enough that I picked a career and have established myself long enough and invested into myself long enough that I've had really cool opportunities to have contracts to work from home and to have my business and to have other companies I'm working with to allow me to do that. Um, and if that's not you, that's okay. Um, but be realistic with yourself. What's going to be attainable in your schedule? Is that training twice a week? Cool. That's fine. Train twice a week. But then when you say you're going to train twice a week, actually train twice a week. Don't say I'm going to train four days a week and then you're going to train one day a week and then you're just going to be shitty to yourself. And then you're like, well, I didn't even train the other three days. So I might as well eat shitty too. And then it's, it's a ever kind of, um, vicious cycle feeding into itself. You kind of see where I'm going with that. So the idea is set yourself up for success by being honest and being realistic with what's sustainable for the long term. And if you don't like what's sustainable for you right now, make change. And it doesn't have to be big change. It could be small change. It could be, okay, I'm not going to go out drinking Friday night so I can wake up Saturday and go to class or go to the gym and work out or um, – kind of transitioning to the next phase of pillar number three is sleep. I'm going to prioritize sleep and have some sleep hygiene protocols. Like even for me right now, um, you know, normally it's, it's actually like, it's pretty much midnight right now. Um, and normally I'm, I'm already kind of down and in bed and, and ready for sleep, but because I've had a longer weekend, me and Ashley, we went to Atlanta with Lena an amazing time, but some sacrifice I had to make. And I kind of knew that. So I planned for this. Um, I'm going to plan for sleeping a little bit differently tomorrow, still going to class and doing all the things I got to do. And that's also cool with how I've set myself up and what's sustainable in my life right now is knowing if I have to stay up one night to be able to get some content done, I know I have the ability to shift my schedule in the morning to do that. Not everyone has that. So that's where potentially having the discipline and the structure in your whatever. So in this pillar, we're talking about sleep. In the pillar world of sleep or the, the, the kind of topic of sleep, having that discipline, having that structure. And also, let's say you do screw up. Like let's say, okay, um, I screw up. I'm already staying up late and I end up having to wake up tomorrow. That's one night. I'm not going to allow that one night and that one time now turn into a, this is the rest of my week. This is what the rest of my month is going to look like. That's why I think is also from a sustainability standpoint, 
um, kind of being able to not feed into that all or nothing principle of I'm either all in or all out. And that's what I've done in my whole fight career. Um, for the most part, don't get me wrong. I never like really blew up, but, um, you know, I would fight between 155 and 175 pounds, depending on when weigh-ins were and all that fun stuff. So I would walk around anywhere from 175 pounds to like 190, maybe 185. Now I'm like 200. I was up to 210 at one point and, you know, not having to have that change the what's sustainable in my life and what's realistic. So now it's being, okay, what's sustainable for me right now is I'm training jujitsu at least three times a week. Um, I'm doing my resistance training twice a week. I'm doing my cardio two to three times a week. And that allows me to say, hey, I'm still training six days a week, but it doesn't have to be, you know, all weight training or all jujitsu or all that. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It has to be that balance. And enjoying life like for example, even while I was in Atlanta, um, I got a hotel workout in. Simple. I did intervals on the elliptical. I did some interval-based dumbbell work. And then we walked around a whole bunch all day at the aquarium, all that fun stuff. I factored all those variables in, logged my food, and was aware of all that stuff. I'm um, also giving myself a cushion knowing I'm going to want to eat some mangoes and some peanut butter cups and all that fun stuff. And then today, again, boom, hammered out like an hour's worth of cardio, allowing me to get that aerobic work in because I know for what I need to accomplish training-wise, how I'm going to feed into that, but also from a caloric burn and the food choices I'm going to make and all that fun stuff. So I think, again, sustainability especially when looking at sleep. This is, I think, one of the more underrated. You'll hear a lot of people talk about nutrition. You hear a lot of people talk about training. And even myself, we talk about that. But we've talked about sleep and sleep hygiene. I've done podcasts about it. We have eBooks on it. Again, you could hit the fitness vault. You could hit our shop. We got great stuff. Um, if you guys need links or references, hit me up. Let me know. I'm more than happy to share it. But again, sleep is something that's really, really important and where so many things are impacted, whether it's our hormones, whether it's our brain, whether it's our muscles, whether it's even our gut health, all of those things come down to sleep as well. And then the last pillar, and again, a really gonna kind of underrated and um, under discussed one is stress. Under discussed, is that, is that really? But you guys get what I'm saying. We don't, we don't really talk about it enough. Um, and that's why I think there's a really cool kind of marriage between now in the health world, just in general, and like the medical world and fitness and all that fun stuff is, you know, I even talk about the, with the new contract we're exploring right now with the new company we're potentially working with is, you know, clinical psychology and therapy in that sense, tying into what, you know, health looks like in other dynamics in the fitness world into the training world and what's within scope of practice. And really the long-winded reason I'm saying all this is because stress is an important thing to be aware of, to manage, and to incorporate. So for example, you know, um, let's say, hey, you're doing great on the nutrition side. You're really locking everything down. You're forcing yourself to get, well, let's say forcing yourself to go to the gym for this example. So, you know, and having my discipline with I'm eating, I'm not eating anything at the office. Um, you know, I, I use my discipline. I go to the gym and then I'm really forcing myself to get into my sleep hygiene. But the fourth piece of that piece of that is I'm stressed throughout my day. So while I'm doing all these things, I'm stressed and I'm not happy. So I could be eating right. I could be exercising right. And I even could be sleeping right. But if I'm freaking stressed all day long, more honestly, more than likely, you're probably not doing all those other three things. But even let's say in a perfect world you are, it's still going to mess it up. You're still going to have an impact. Cortisol potentially could be impacted. And then long-term, how your body actually not just um, distributes that calorie 
um, intake that you have from nutrition, but also how hard you're able to actually perform in your exercise. And then even if you are sleeping for those eight hours, what's the quality of sleep that you're getting? Are you actually getting into the REM sleep that you want? Are you getting into the sleep cycles that you need? Or are you kind of just forcing yourself laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, and then maybe fading off, and then you wake up, you don't really feel rested? Um, not That's not just sleep hygiene by itself. That's not just training by itself. That's not just nutrition by itself. That's not just stress by itself. They all feed into one another. That's why I think all of these four pillars are really cool to talk about and interesting to integrate because they all rely on one another. When you have all four working together, it's a synergistic flow and it's not easy to hit. And that's something that's not going to happen overnight. And that's why even just looking at, you know, what can we focus on first? How can I just do one thing? Let's do one thing this week. Pick one of those four pillars, pick one thing in those pillars and just get good at that one thing. The rest will take care of itself. Hey, don't even worry about the rest. Even if you're screwing everything else up, you got this one thing down and we're going to keep building on it because, hey, you know, I think the best analogy is like when you gain weight, you don't gain 20 pounds in a week um, unless you're doing something absolutely crazy. And I, I don't, I would love to hear that story. That would be crazy to hear, but more than like, you're not gaining 20 pounds in a week. You're not going to lose 20 pounds in a week or a month. Even it's happening over a year, a couple years, things happen, work, stress, life. So you have to give yourself somewhat of an equal amount of time. It doesn't have to exactly be the same amount of time. If it took you a year to gain something, doesn't mean you need a year to take it off, but the thing I always kind of like to say is however long you gain it or lose it, depending on what the kind of goal was and what happened, if you lose it quicker, then it's not going to stay off as long. If it's sustainable and it comes off longer or you hit your goal over a longer period of time, the likelihood of you keeping that is greater because of the sustainability, because of the impact hopefully that you've made, whether you realize it or not. Um, so that's something that I really thought was kind of cool about the four pillars of health to talk about some of the value. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, talk to me about questions. Again, we're going to be diving into some more topics about this, re-exploring some things because, hey, we're, we're already over 200 um, episodes on the podcast. Some of the things may repeat themselves a little bit, but the thing I like is research is always changing. Technology is always coming out with different things and hearing different perspectives from different coaches and different professionals really can help kind of give some insights. So that's something we're always going to look to do. And um, yeah, again, I hope you guys enjoyed. I appreciate you guys. So much awesome stuff is going on and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between. Dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it, y'all. See you on the next one.